Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. going on guys thanks for tuning in to today's show i hope you're having a wonderful day wherever you're listening from i always like to imagine where you're listening from 
not just geographically, but like in the car, going on a walk, at the gym, lying on your bed, doing the dishes, laundry. Those are my main podcasting atmospheres. So wherever you're coming from, whatever one of those, watch where you're walking, watch where you're driving. Hope you're relaxing on the bed. Get those dishes done. (laughs) Clean the sink. And I hope you are having a wonderful day. Today, I have a great show for you where it's a new topic that we've never discussed uh, on the show and an important one, and that is having a baby out of wedlock. And when nearly half of all babies born are out of wedlock, that's an important thing to be able to navigate. And that's why I was happy to have Jim Braz on the show. And Jim and his now wife, Jessica, wrote an award-winning book, Baby Out of Wedlock, Co-Parenting Basics from Pregnancy to Custody. And we talk about just that. They've done a lot of work in this field, and it's really just based on their own experiences and professional insights in how to do this better, because obviously it comes with a lot of issues. They each had custody battles in court, which you really want to avoid. And Jim and I discuss ways to do that with really actionable tips that I know can save a lot of you out there a lot of pain and frustration. As you might know, Sarah and I are divorced and we co-parent our wonderful daughter, Stella. And I feel extremely fortunate to have a great co-parenting relationship with Sarah and a partner, a co-parent who is very cooperative, but we still had, you know, issues around agreeing to certain things and and we'll continue to have that as we co-parent. And we have a, what I think is maybe the best kind of relationship you could possibly have as parents to someone, a child who you're not romantically involved with the parent. But, you know, there's situations where it's a one night stand and you have a kid together and you barely know the other person. So I can imagine that can be extremely difficult. So Jim and I get into all the different tools, tips, the things that he wish he could have done differently and ways to navigate these situations. So hope you guys find this episode valuable. I appreciate you tuning in. As always, enjoy today's show. Hey, Jim, thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Today, we're going to talk about the book that you wrote and all the work that you're doing with your wife in the field of unplanned pregnancies and single parenting. So why don't we start by having you tell our listeners what led you guys to create these resources and and share them? Sure. Uh, I'll give you the, the shorter version. About 10, 12 years ago, uh, both myself and my wife each had a child with somebody that we didn't want to marry. Um, you know, we were in relationships. Uh, in my case, my girlfriend got pregnant. In her case, she got pregnant. And, you know, it was quickly apparent that we weren't going to be good um, you know, uh, the people weren't going to be good or suitable for marriage for us. And so we started in, in you know, these pregnancies that at first were, were not very difficult. There was no big problems, but very quickly, small questions, small um, arguments spiraled out of control. And so we each went up, went through these terrible custody battles. In my case, mine lasted about four years. And my wife's, my now wife's, hers lasted about a year. And 
We spent tens of thousands of dollars each, and it was just uh, pretty much the most stressful, traumatic, terrible experience of, of each of our lives. Uh, fast forward about five years after the births, and you know, uh, Jessica and I started dating, and we got married, and we had our, our first child together in 2017. And actually, we have another one due in about a month. Jessica's at a appointment right now, a prenatal appointment. That's why she's not here with us. But um, at any rate, last year during COVID, you know, we said to ourselves, we have so many people over the last decade asking us for questions and advice about someone they know who has a baby born out of wedlock. And so we thought we should get all this information in one place, put it into a sort of guidebook of sorts, and, you know, see if we could write it all down and, and help people with it. And it was just kind of a little side project during COVID. We didn't really think much of it. And as we did the research for it, we realized that a full 40% of all births in the United States are babies born out of wedlock, unmarried parents. To learn you know, that that number was so big, it's actually even bigger for mothers that are under age 30. It's a full 50%. So half of all babies that are born in the United States to mothers under 30 are unmarried parents. And as we looked around and did our research, we, we couldn't find one single book out there that was dedicated to this you know, huge niche of people. And you know, there's plenty of co-parenting books and there's plenty of divorce books out there, but the, the problems that these people have are unique. And so that's when we realized that, wait a minute, we, we got to address this. And so along with the book comes a website and, and a whole lot more that I guess we can talk about, but that's how it got started. Uh, it's really our own experiences that we try to, you know, package into an easy to read guidebook that can really help people get through this situation. Let's talk about the trials and tribulations and please feel free to to insert your own stories, but what are some of the big things that that come up and and obviously we want to talk about the tools to be able to navigate it. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean there's so many of them and it really, you know, the answer to your question can sort of depend on what your starting point is, you know, if you're already living together with, together with somebody, your, your questions and problems might be a little bit different than if it was someone you've only known, you know, for one night or a short period of time. Um, but, you know, we have a, basically a list on our website. We call them the top 12 concerns. And, and these are the most common questions that we get from people in this situation. So number one on the list is paternity tests. You have, you know, sometimes it's a, a mother that may not be certain who the father is. And then more often, it's a father who says, well, how can I be sure it's mine? And so that's a classic example of during the pregnancy, you might get into some kind of an argument about, well, there should be a paternity test. And, and maybe the mother is saying there shouldn't, you know, we don't need one, you should trust me. And, and there can be this stupid little argument that spirals into a, a disastrous thing where people are hiring lawyers, and, and it's a massive cussy battle, and they're not speaking to each other anymore. And so that's a, a tiny little thing where we address in our book where we say, listen, you don't need to fight over a paternity test during the pregnancy. And the reason for that is it's pretty much standard operating procedure that once the baby's born, as long as either party you know requests a test, there will be a test. Not to mention that nowadays you can get you know 23andMe or Ancestry.com and get one off the shelf. But it's very easy to test for paternity after the baby's born. And there's no reason to argue about it before the baby's born, even if you have your, your um, you know, suspicions that, you know, something might not be right. So that's one example. Another example would be people want to know, you know, where do I look for a family law attorney? 
So in my situation, I was living up in New York State, and my daughter's mother was uh, down south in the Washington, D.C. area, and just figuring out, well, do I get a lawyer in New York? Do I get one in Washington, in, in Maryland? What, where do I even begin here? That's another question that comes up. And you know, the short answer to that question is you need to get a lawyer that's in the same jurisdiction, the same state for sure, but ho- hopefully the same jurisdiction as the uh, mother and child, wherever they reside. Um, you know, I have another, you know, list of 10 other things that people worry about. And I don't know if you want me to go through them all right now, but the, the real point is that all these problems are, are solvable if the two people learn how to see the situation from each other's point of view. And rather than just come at it of, as, you know, you're trying to screw me over and, and you're just one child support, or you just want to take the baby away from me or you know, rather than getting very defensive, which leads to all kinds of terrible things, if they can learn to see the situation from each other's point of view, if they can learn that the child will be better off with two involved parents rather than one parent that is, you know, calling all the shots and, and, and the only one in the picture, if they can get their head around that, then all of a sudden, a lot of these issues get diffused. And I can remember in our, in my situation, getting in a terrible argument before the child was born, before my daughter was born, about overnight visits. My daughter's mother didn't want me to have an overnight visit till the child was age four or five years old. And if you know anything about the situation, you would know that that's kind of, un, you know, not likely to happen. That's kind of unlikely. That's not a reasonable request. And that if we went up in a court battle, that no judge is going to make the dad wait till age five to have an overnight visit. and. So that's the kind of thing, if she had read the book and if if I had read the book, we would have both known that this isn't something to get in a terrible argument about you know, during the second trimester. It's something that's going to get resolved after the baby's born. And your feelings about this issue are likely to change over the coming months. And there's no reason to argue about it during the pregnancy. And so that's you know kind of where we were coming from. We thought, I, I, I can remember during the pregnancy trying to get answers on this sort of thing from lawyers. And the answer I often got was, well, it depends. Depends on this, depends on that. How much is child support going to be? Well, it depends. When am I going to be able to have an overnight visit? Well, it depends. And the lawyers just never want to commit to a firm answer. Some of the good or better ones, some of them will give you some, you know, a narrower answer. But a lot of times it, it just always felt like you weren't getting a straight answer. And then that would lead to further arguments with, with your co-parent. So the goal of the book is to answer those questions, limit the argument, arguing, limit the escalation. And really, if you have two people that have read the book and, and really have a good sense of what the expectation should be, there's no reason that there has to be a custody battle at all. Um, you'll need a lawyer no matter what to you know finalize some paperwork, but you really shouldn't have to pay that lawyer very much money as long as the two of you are coming at it from the same, uh, you know, same place of co-parenting in a healthy way for your child. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. If you're tuning into today's show, you're probably aware that mental health and relationship challenges are a part of life, but they don't have to define you and you're not alone. If you've ever wished that you could join a conversation with an expert and call into a show in a similar vein as relationship advice, here's an opportunity for you. If you're navigating something messy, call the Dr. John Deloney Show. 
His show recently hit top five of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts and for a good reason. With a PhD in counseling and two decades of experience sitting with people, Dr. Deloney brings practical advice on how to connect with others, face depression, overcome anxiety, and find true wellness. This caller-driven show tackles real-life issues from relationships to emotional well-being. Dr. Deloney walks alongside people just like you as they navigate tough decisions. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Send your questions, leave a voicemail at 844-693-3291 or email askjohn at ramseysolutions.com. They want to talk to you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. When you work full-time, have kids, and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple-step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy... No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code IDO when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. What are the specific steps you would tell someone? Let's go with the example of arguing about overnight visits. What would you tell that? I won't call them couple, but co-parents. What would you tell them to do? You said just to kind of table it, it seemed like, but what are the specific steps that they can do? Well, you know, again, it depends on exactly what, what phase you are in your situation. I mean, if you're still during the pregnancy, I would say, yeah, table it. Just, you know, get the baby out safely, wait for the birth. You know, you don't need to get into heated arguments during, at this stage. Now, as time goes on, after the birth comes, at some point, somebody is going to have to initiate the legal process. So this is one thing a lot of people don't realize is that even if the father signs the birth certificate, you know, saying, yes, this is my child, I, I, I believe it is, I agree it is, that gets him on the hook for child support, but it doesn't give him any right any real parenting rights. He doesn't have any decision-making rights. He doesn't have any um, alone time, uh, parenting time rights. 
And the only way he can get those rights is if he asks the courts. And again, every state is slightly different. So you always have to talk to a local lawyer about the specific situation. But the only way he's going to have any of those parenting rights is if he gets the, the law involved. Now, that doesn't automatically mean it has to be a battle. But the specific steps would be sometime shortly after the birth, one of the parents, it could be the mother, it doesn't have to be the father, because one reason the mother might want it to hurry up is oftentimes she's the one on the receiving end of the child support. So she may want to initiate the process for that reason. And so one party or the other says, okay, I want our child to have you know two parents with uh, such and such visitation time and such and such uh, child support. You know, I want to follow the standard ch- child support calculations for my place and state. And somebody has to initiate the process. So then the next step is the person that receives that uh, legal document can either agree or can say, no, I, I disagree with all the things they're asking for. I want to make a battle out of this. And so that's where it pays to sort of knows, know what's reasonable. And if you're sitting there saying, I don't want my you know, daughter's father to have an overnight visit for five years, then you're likely to have a battle on your hand. If you're saying, I don't mind having overnight visits, but let's wait till at least a year, then that's the kind of thing. All right, well, that's not so crazy. And, you know, as long as the father is seeing the baby, you know, um, maybe not overnight, but, you know, as often as he can or, or wants to otherwise, that might be okay. And so you work through these issues with the help of the mediators and attorneys, and you try to get to a negotiating place where you realize, all right, this is a good situation for the baby. It's a good situation for both parents. We're not going to go and have some judge decide, you know, how often we're going to see our kids. We're going to decide it on our own here. But you each have to be within the realm of, of reason. So, you know, that's kind of the steps you, you want to take is shortly after the birth, one party wants to initiate this process and then get the other one to sort of come at it from a point of cooperation rather than a point of, you know, hatred. And, and I'm going to do everything I can to to screw you in this process. What would you tell someone who is really trying to get to that point of cooperation and one of the baby's parents is is just not there? And I know every situation is different, but let's just say that that's where they're at. It feels like we can't talk about anything. You know, we're kind of arguing. We need to cooperate for the sake of the baby. What are some of the dialogues? How can we communicate with um, the other parent in order to to get to a, a place of cooperation? Because, yeah, going to the courts, I mean, that's just going to be a mess. Yeah, it really can become a terrible mess. And and sometimes, you you know, I, I was sort of found myself in the situation you described where, you know, my daughter was three or four months old and, and I was going to visit her at in her home. And, and her mother let me, you know, wel- welcomed me into the home as often as I wanted to be there. But, you know, she was a big fan of this attachment parenting thing. And I don't want to get too far into off the subject here. But, you know, attachment parenting is one of those things where the mother breastfeeds around the clock. And, and uh, you know, anytime the baby cries, you have to make sure the baby stops crying right away. So if I would come down there for a visit and, you know, I would hold the baby for a moment. And, you know, as all babies do, they start crying. Then it's like, OK, and pass her back. I have to solve this. And, you know, nobody, I'm not saying I wanted to make my child cry, but it was, you know, it would have gone on like that for months and months and months or years and years and years. And so, you know, I, I said to her, 
about three months in, like, you know, we need to get this, you know, finalized or we need to get a plan in place. And so that's called a parenting plan. Uh, you, you probably have something like that if, if you're divorced. When it basically just describes at what you know what times of the week you're going to transition the child from one home to the other, all those kinds of things. And so when you're dealing with an infant and and you have one parent that is just too you know I'll say afraid or too about letting the child out of sight, usually the way you solve that is you do some kind of a phase in. And so this is where one of those things that's very different than when you're getting divorced with an older child, you know, a very young child who's with mom 24 seven, you don't want to just dump them with dad for the weekend, you know, when they're six months old, that that might not go too well for anybody. And so what is a better situation is usually you do some kind of phase in where for three or five uh, months, you, you ramp up the alone time with the parent that is not, not, you know, the non-custodial parent. And so, you, you know, in, in my case, that was fine with me. Um, the problem is that, you know, she, my daughter's mother had an idea of, you know, years for a phase in, and my idea was months. And so when you have two people that just can't agree on it, we sort of come down to the one year mark. And the reason the one year mark is because if you start a battle right after the child's born, it's going to probably take about a year before you get in front of a judge who's going to decide the situation if you haven't solved your case yet, if you haven't settled your case yet. And so if mom, let's just say mom saying overnight visit shouldn't start for many years, you know, in the future, and dad is saying, I want them right now when the baby's not even a year, then what's going to happen? Well, it's not going to happen before a year because you're not going to be in front of the judge before a year. So you might as well give that position up. Dad might as well say, all right, fine. In order to avoid a court battle, I'll, I'll settle for a phasing in over the first 12 months. I don't need to have overnight visits for the first year. And conversely, mom ought to say, well, he's going to get overnight visits once we get in front of the judge because that, that's just the way it goes. I understand that's how the world works. And therefore, I, I might as well stop asking to wait five years. I might as well just settle for a phase in that lasts one year. And so... You know, I don't know if I'm getting a little bit off track there, but the main point is that you need the, the two parties to figure out what are the realistic expectations that can get you to a place of compromise. That is a great point of emphasis right there of of just kind of like getting out of the conflict mindset and just saying, hey, like, let's let's try to be reasonable, you know, and, and what are the expectations? and let's get to a point of cooperation. And yeah, you you might have a parent who's got, uh, hey, I want to do this attachment parenting. And that's going to be like this very rigid structure and it's hard to fit you in. And the reality is, is even if you're together in a romantic relationship with the baby, like that is hard. That creates all kinds of issues. Obviously, this is separate, but couples that are together are going to argue about how to parent. You know, and you're going to have to yeah. compromise and you're going to do the same when you're when you're not with that partner. And in some ways it could be harder or in some ways maybe easier, but just getting to that that place of cooperation. And yeah, maybe it's it's sitting down and going, hey, OK, let's not argue. Tell me what your expectations are, you know, for the first six months. How do you see things going? And, and maybe just listening. Right. Absolutely. Listening helps, and you know, like like pain points is a good word. You know, everybody has some things that they really care about, and 
And if you can identify what those are and sort of trade them a little bit and say, all right, I'm going to give you some of the things that are really important to you, do the same for me. And I just had to realize and accept that that's not something I should fight for 50-50. And so, you know, all I was asking for at that point was I just wanted to have the, you know, standard, if you will, visiting parent, which I, I don't like that term because it, it, it sounds like one parent less than the other. But uh, what I settled for was the every other weekend and some, you know, occasional other time and extra holidays and, and summer vacation time and so forth. Um, the one thing people don't realize, and I was certainly guilty of this, is that you think you're going to get your day in court. And it's going to be like, you know, some movie or Law and Order episode where you sit up, stand up there and you tell your story and and you're going to tell your story perfectly and, and the judge is going to rule in your favor. You're probably not going to tell your story as eloquently as you thought. The other lawyer is going to cross-examine you and make you look like a fool. The judge is going to assume that both parties are lying at least a little bit or not telling the whole truth. And he's not really going to believe either one of you because he talks to about, you know, 10 of you people a day. And, you know, he doesn't really have time to worry or, or care about any of you. And if you go that route and you get to that trial, it's not going to end up like you want. And you're going to end up in a terrible place when it's over with most of your problems not solved and having no real recourse on how to you know, get through future disputes. So what you want to do is solve this on your own with the help of the professionals, you know, mediators and so forth. But you want to come up with a parenting plan with your co-parent that has a really good dispute resolution mechanism in it. And we talk a lot about this in the book because, you know, it took me four years to get to this place. Um, what happened with me was, you know, we had our parenting plan finally that we agreed on It had a very long phase in, but it basically, you know, was, was acceptable to me. But then the problem was that, you know, mom was not honoring, you know, she was, you know, m missing, uh, you know, time or, or showing up very late or, uh, you know, the details of it don't matter. But in, in my opinion, she was not, uh, abiding by the parenting plan we had agreed to. And so when you try to go back to court to get that enforced, it's kind of impossible. Like, you know, how are you going to sue someone for being 30 minutes late every week that you, you, you're supposed to meet them? It just, you, you can't win that battle. Right. And so finally, after four years of that, um, we finally got what's called a parenting coordinator and a parenting coordinator is something that we now recommend all new parents that are in this situation to start off with from right off the get-go. Parenting coordinator is sort of like a mediator, except that they have binding legal authority to make decisions if you guys can't compromise on your problems. And so the way this works is you in your parenting plan, you have a section called dispute resolution. And it basically says, um, if the parents can't agree on an issue, then they will go through these steps to solve the issue. And usually those steps are pretty crappy steps. They don't really solve issues in real life. But the one step you can add, which really helps, is that you agree to visit your parenting coordinator if you have a dispute that you need help. And a parenting coordinator is a, is a professional, um, you know, someone with a sort of a mediator type uh, degree, a law degree, uh, you know, they, they're professionally trained for this situation. And their job is to keep the parents compromising for the best um, interest of the child, right? And so one example would be we were having arguments about, you know, where to meet. I like to take the train. She liked to drive. And we were always arguing about, 
know, where are we going to meet up on Fridays and Saturdays to transition the child? And so our parenting coordinator helped us come up with the solution that, look, you guys can just meet at the train station. And that sounds like a simple answer, but we weren't getting there on our own. We needed this third party to say, that sounds reasonable and sort of push us in that direction. And then once we decided on it, the parenting coordinator has it on record that the two parents have decided to meet at the train station from now on. And that's going to be the law of the land until we have a meeting where they decide to meet somewhere else someday. And when I say that she has the weight of the law behind her, it means that if one parent doesn't abide by that decision, there's at least a record on file from a third party professional who can you can later go to the judge and say, look, even the parent coordinator agrees that this is what we agreed on and it wasn't being followed. And so it shines some sunshine, if you will, in the situation. It brings a third party to the room to get you to sort of stop screaming at each other and come up with solutions that work. And when you're in a baby out of wedlock situation, I mean, it's different than a divorce because you probably don't know the person as well as if you got divorced. Right? When you get divorced, you kind of, you know your ex, you know what they're like inside and out. You probably live together. But when you're in this other situation, a baby out of wedlock situation, you, you really may not know the kind of person you're dealing with. And you really need to have this sort of third party mechanism in place to help you through these disputes. And if I had had this from day one, we wouldn't have gone back to court, you know, four times over the, the following four years after the, my daughter was born. Um, so that's, that's what we really recommend everybody start out with. There's no harm to it. You, you don't have to do it forever. Uh, it usually renews on an annual basis. And if one party doesn't want to renew it, then you just say, I'm not going to do it anymore. And then you go back to the old way of, you know, fighting and screaming at each other and being dysfunctional. But if you want to stay with some function in your life, get the parenting coordinator. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Money is one of the biggest stressors in relationships. While worrying about it doesn't help a ton, Earnin actually does. Our sponsor, Earnin, is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Many couples end up fighting about finances, especially when surprise costs arise. Earnin allows you to seamlessly deal with that unexpected trip to the vet or the last minute gift for loved ones without any stress, letting you and your partner focus on what really matters. Earnin is helping millions of Americans to feel self-sufficient and to worry and fight less about money. All of this without debt trap, mandatory fees, or credit checks. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download Earnin app, type in relationship advice under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. That's relationship advice under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it 
all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving Relationship Advice listeners 10% off when you visit Hero dot co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing. And they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie. Their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was Hero Bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any Hero Bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low-quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H-E-R-O.co. Yeah, that that seems really important. And obviously, there's all kinds of situations. A one night stand and you have a baby, you're together romantically and you have a baby, then then you split apart and everything in between. But one thing from doing the show and personally, that's helped me a lot is understanding that it's okay to seek professional help. And especially in a situation like this, that's so complicated, that's so loaded uh, with, with emotions and feelings around another human being coming into the world. And to me, I think that can be the, the conversation. If, even if it's best cases, you guys are talking, communicating well, friendly, but even then it's so complicated, all the different exchanges. What do we do? You know, overnights, this and that, that inevitably you're going to come into some, some resistance or some roadblocks or some disagreements. And it can just be so valuable to have that third party there. And also to communicate to your child's parent of like, Hey, this is just going to be so much easier for both of us individually and together. If we don't go to court, certainly that, but if we just don't argue and, and make this hard on ourselves, so let's bring someone in and get things set up and it's still going to be hard, right? But making it a lot easier on yourself. So I think that's really valuable and important information. And one thing I want to ask you, Jim, is 
through all of your difficulties in, in, in your situation, maybe you had the mindset or maybe you didn't. Let's say you didn't and, and, and you're retroactively looking back. What do you wish you knew or what, what would you tell yourself as far as the mindset just internally of dealing with this difficult situation? Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's really the million dollar question and, and you just hit it on the head. I mean, that's why we wrote this book. What would I do differently if I could go back and do it again? And, you know, I want to be clear, you know, Jessica's not here, but it's a gender neutral book. It's not just for, you know, men to deal with the women. It's for the women to deal with difficult men as well. So what would we do differently? I think a few things come to mind right off the bat is I would have stopped arguing during the pregnancy because so many of these things just aren't going to be resolved for a long time after the birth comes. And there's no reason to get, you know, especially a, a, a pregnant woman who I know <laughs> Jessica right now, it's like, you just, you don't, you can't win. You know, you don't want to be in an argument and, get, and getting somebody upset when they're pregnant. It's just not fair to them. It's, it's not fair to you and it's not fair to the baby and it's just not, doesn't need to happen. So that's the first thing is I, I would hold off on any of that pre birth type argument stuff. Um, you know, after the birth, like I said, you know, the main, the number one thing we recommend is this parenting coordinator that can really help. All the things that have come around in the last 10 years since we were going through it is there's these parenting apps and some of them are really great. I, I don't, I, I'm going to take a guess that you probably don't use one because um, you and Sarah are so close still, but for, for any parents that are you know, not cooperating or not getting along or any degree of high conflict. There's these great parenting apps. One of them is called uh, Our Family Wizard. And you communicate through them as much as you want. We recommend if you have a high conflict situation that you do all your communication through them. So that would be, you know, phone calls, text messages, has calendar sharing features. You can, you know, pass receipts back and forth, you know, requests for payments, all kinds of things that you might need to communicate with your co-parent, you do it through the app. And the benefit of that is that everything is on is sort of documented and, and has a, a, a spotlight on it, such that if there's any bad behavior by either party, maybe that's abusive text messages or somebody that you know calls 10 times a night because they you know they want to harass you for whatever reason, all that kind of stuff is documented and easily reportable to the courts. And so, you know, perfect example, somebody we're working with, their ex was just totally, you know, narcissistic type behavior, um, really being nasty, but it was all on the app. And all she had to do was print out the report, show it to the person that she was working with in the course. And, you know, right away that put an end to it. And, you know, when people don't have sunshine on their behavior, that's when it gets nasty. But when everything's out in the open and everybody can see it, and it's easily reportable, people tend to, you know, behave better. So we definitely recommend that kind of a thing, um, you know, using these new parenting apps. And, um, you know, the parenting coordinated parenting apps. And um, I guess that's the main things I would say. I'm looking at my list here. But, you know, I, I, I guess that's it. That, that's the main stuff. I mean, the rest of it is a, a lot of details. But you really just have to figure out a way to let the small stuff go Worry about the big stuff. Realize that, you know, 10 years is going to fly by in a flash. That Realize that the courts and the judges are not going to help you. They just, they can't. You know, you have a, if you have a dysfunctional parenting situation, a judge is not going to be able to solve that for you. And 
if you are in this mindset of, oh, I got to get more evidence, I got to trap the co-parent, you know, saying something dumb or doing something bad or, or any of that stuff, you're just, you're going down the wrong path. And then finally, I mean, the most important thing, and, and I, I wouldn't say I would do this differently because I think I, this is one of the few things we did right, is, you know, you can't let your child be in the middle of it. They shouldn't be, you know, passing messages back and forth between parents. They should never hear you talk bad about your co-parent or their families. Um, you know, you really don't want to do that to your child. They need two parents involved. It doesn't mean they have to have 50-50 time with both parents, but they need to have two parents that are involved and respected. And to the degree that you can, you know, help that to happen, even if you dislike your co-parent for some reason, it's important to your child that, you know, they believe that you respect them. And um, so you want to try to work towards that. And if you can get some of those things done in that way, then, then you should be fine. And there really should be no reason that you need to have a terrible battle with, you know, anybody. It could, 40, 50% of all kids in the United States are born this, into this situation these days. And really, there's no reason that most of them can't, you know, live happily ever after, if you will, um, you know, if you follow some of these tips. Well, thank you, Jim. The work that you guys are doing is so important because, like you said, the number of kids that are born out of wedlock and you've gone through it. And so, you know, firsthand and you could save and you are saving a lot of people, a lot of trouble if they will implement these things. So, so I'm happy to be able to share your, your information with our audience. Um, before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? Can you also maybe recommend a specific parenting app if you have one and then we'll say goodbye. Sure. Uh, the, the app that I was referring to before is called Our Family Wizard. That's sort of the oldest one that's been around the longest. Um, there are a few others. And to be perfectly honest, I, I, I'm not vouching for one or the other because I, I haven't done them directly, but I've you know read a lot and heard a lot about them. I think you probably can't go wrong with Our Family Wizard. Um, as far as we go, uh, our website is www.babyoutofwedlock.com. Uh, on that platform, we have a lot of free resources. And we are happy to get on the phone with anybody that asks for a free, uh, you know, sort of coaching session, get you pointed in the right direction, get your head straight, find you the resources that you need. You know, if you need a mediator, if you need a lawyer, if you need a parenting coordinator, you know, whatever it is that you need, we can help point you in that right direction. We don't charge for any of that kind of thing. We're really just there to sort of help, you know, get people pointed in the right direction. Uh, the book is available on Amazon. It's won five awards so far, which really blew our socks off. I mean, we've never written anything before, and to have the first you know book that we've written receive awards, and uh, it got something called a Kirkus Star Review, which we're pretty proud of, which is another badge of quality. Um, so you know, the books on Amazon—that's the only thing we sell. Everything else we're doing here for free, and uh, we're just hoping to you know help as many people as we can with some of this relatively simple information. Um, you know, our subtitle is co-parenting basics from pregnancy to custody. And, and they really are basics. There's nothing, there's not rocket science here. It's just getting some basic questions answered to help you avoid some, uh, you know, common pitfalls. But I thank you for having me on, Chase. I uh, appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jim. And our listeners can find all the links in our show notes and on our website at idopodcast.com. And thanks for taking the time. All right. Appreciate it. Take care. 
Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, we really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.